And the idea is that when you're being real with each other and knowing how to do that with like loving space, then you can grow through together. Not just go through it, you know, grow through it together. To live a meaningful, authentic, connected, and conscious life, I choose to live deeply. I am Jocelyn Lee, a spiritual guide, facilitator, mystic, and humble healer of the human spirit. And I invite you to join me on a journey of self-inquiry, to discover self-knowledge, and to awaken our inner wisdom. As your host, this is what I share with you. Let's talk conscious relationships, authentic relating, Tantra, and sex. We're going to touch on a few questions in this episode, um, and I will leave you with a question that you might want to think about as part of why you're listening in the first place. You're probably here either because you're curious, um, either you're on the journey and you want a different perspective, or you actually might have a little bit of a trigger around it and you want to hear a different um, take on what other people might feel and experience about it. So the questions we're going to touch on today is why is sex important to conscious relating, authentic relationships, Um, how this is a natural progression of self-discovery and self-knowledge, moving from the me to the we in our awakening, and what is actually a conscious relationship and authentic relating in Tantra? And why actually I believe it should be free. Some of the things that we learn here. This is a little bit of a controversial approach, but you'll hear me unpack about it later. So hold your horses. But let's start with um, the part that I find most important. Why is sex important to conscious relationships and authentic relating? Let's start actually was something that a lot of people may not know and are uncomfortable knowing is that kids touch themselves because it feels good. We've all done it, whether we are conscious of it or not, you can ask your parents, it's very likely that you have. And it's very likely that you've been stopped and made to know that it wasn't a good thing to do that. And that was exactly what happened to me. I must have been about six or seven when I discovered, or at least I could remember, that it felt good to touch myself. It was pleasurable and it was enjoyable. And most people don't want to think about this because it feels perverted, but a lot of our own self-discovery is through innocence. And as soon as we pervert you know, the innocent nature of pleasure, then yeah, we start to suppress and feel shame and guilt around these very natural things that happen. And that's kind of what happened by just default. You know, I was like, I think touching myself in like the the living room one day and it was just like really nice. And I think I found this like toy that even vibrated. And my sister at the time also being young and also hearing through other social conditionings, I think she went like, ew, like, what are you doing? Stop that. Or like, that's gross or something along those not lines. And I remember just going, "Mm, okay, learn, don't do that. Or at least don't do that in public (laughs) and don't do that um, you know, when other people can know, which of course is something that's also necessary as we move through our lives that, yeah, that's not necessarily something you do just like going to the subway or, you know, going to grocery shop. But the, you know, within the first impressions of what that was like, we probably should not be shaming kids, 
um, and making them feel guilty for exploring self-pleasure. So that compounds into how we begin to know our bodies, our sense of pleasure, our sense of boundaries, and us, our own sexuality and our power as we grow up. Um, because it felt good and you feel good, you feel powerful. So in high school, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't get easier as, um, you know, your hormones are spiking, puberty hits in, um, friends and social pressure on how you're supposed to look, how are you supposed to behave, um, these body parts and how they're supposed to kind of, you know, mingle with other body parts become very confusing. And when you don't have adults who are really having a honest and transparent and really useful conversation with you, it's kind of a bummer. You just have to figure it out by like fumbling your way through and making a lot of mistakes. So I was already engaging at that time in relationships with not just, you know, boys, but also girls, young men and young women unconsciously um, in sexual activity and, you know, not being authentic about, you know, actually, I don't like that, or I want you to stop that, or I do like that, I want you to continue that. We're not having honest communication and um, sincere interactions. And when we mix sex with that, it becomes emotionally charged, it becomes physically, you know, um, dangerous, it can become psychologically traumatic. And that's why I'm saying sex is actually really important place to start and why a lot of women uh, in my case will start with the self-love of like returning back to your body but in my teens I wasn't even close to that yet so you know flash forward after um, feeling very taken advantage of uh, sexually and physically putting myself in compromising um, you know settings of being like you know knowing that I don't want to go to a party or knowing that this is probably what's going to happen but I don't know how to stop it and getting into you know more and more victimized situations with drinking I was like you know what time to x that story so I switched it up feeling like you know what if this is how we relate between men and women I'm gonna become a man I'm gonna be a man eater and I'm gonna treat men exactly like the way they treat us so I began using my sexuality uh, manipulatively as a way to feel um, control, as a way to influence my power over um, other people, other men, you know, turning, you know, being like, like turning it on and like walking into a room and like just exerting my sexual presence um, as dominance. And, you know, that's very animalistic and that's a very like low vibrational consciousness place of interaction. You can interact like that. And in some ways when there's consensual and playful and innocent, um, spontaneous space for that, it can be really fun. But when people don't know, and I'm using with the intention to do harm really, or, you know, because, you know, I've been hurt that whatever my intentions will come out will be hurtful. It wasn't a conscious, um, relationship, no matter how short that relationship is or how long it will be. I was not also relating to them in an authentic place. I was relating them from a wounded place, an angry place, um, and a confused place. So that was my late teens, early 20s, just <laughs> man-eating. And it was actually after several years of that, of feeling actually even more alone and more disconnected, that I it dawned on me 
that I was really longing actually for connection and intimacy. So I actually put myself into um, self-punishment really and got into a relationship that I knew. That I remember very vividly still to this day telling my friends, like, I know he's going to hurt me. And in a way, I feel like I deserve it. So I put myself into that relationship for, I think, a year, a year and a half or so. And even though the breakup was, you know, uh, not in the best circumstance, I was very understanding about it because I was like, saw this coming. Okay, kind of like pay, pay my, my dues back, my karmic, you know, um, my karma back. And the next couple of relationships, I definitely like scaled back my sort of sexual aura, you could say, and kept it very private in the uh, bedroom. But even then, like, there wasn't really a space for me to honor my sexual power because there was nothing wrong with being ultra sexual. In fact, like I said, it feels great. You feel, you know, turned on. You feel that energy, this life force flowing through you. And it can be very um, empowering for life because in like high school, for example, that was like kind of at its like peak where I was really feeling it. You know, I had a vibrator under my bed. I was just like a horn dog, as I tell my friend. I'm like, or her, her daughter call, called me one day. Jocelyn's a hot dog. So yes, I'm a hot dog. And in in high school, I was so active that it, that gave me a lot of energy to do things. You know, I was playing three different kind of sports throughout the year. I was in um, theater and plays. I was, you know, helping coach a basketball team. I was, you know, the MC for events like you know student council and social and I just it was just like mm, oozing through me and flowing through me it was fantastic couple of other things you know it, it burnt out so when I kind of scaled this back you could call it even like monk life was when I uh, discovered Reiki and crystal healing and I basically just decided to take that kind of energy and connect it to the higher realms to kind of get out of my body. I'm like, you know what? Being in this body, this sexual thing, it's a lot of suffering. It's not really that great. Let me just zoom up, beam up into a different um, plane and enjoy my time there instead. Because even at that time, when I would let out this uh, primal sexual goddess, I was even told in the bedroom one time by my boyfriend that I was too sexy and that was kind of a big crusher that I couldn't share that in a space with the person I felt the safest uh, with. So I just went, turn that dial down and just go from the heart space and up. And it wasn't until I met my beloved now Julian four years ago that I realized um, that I really just turned off that part of my body and I was really getting my um, connection to something powerful from the higher power, uh, the divinity through different areas, you know, because he first told me about Tantra and his experiences there. And I'm like, you know what? I know what you're talking about. I, I, I understand that experience, but I was experiencing it mostly, primarily with my time in nature um, or when I do Reiki and, you know, whether I'm in nature with plant medicine teachers or without, I was like, I know what you're talking about, but I've never heard about it um, being experienced in relation, in relation with other people. So that was super intriguing. Fast forward to my first Tantra festival experience. It was the California Tantra Festival. And I could not believe how much I felt at home, um, how much I felt 
um, free to let my sexual energy come out because there was a group of people there committed, a community there committed to make space for all these different sides of who you are um, with boundaries, with you know explicit communication, with loving communication, with good listening skills, and just spaces to be spontaneous and play um, with that side of who you are. I was like, this is fantastic. I was like, I am so in my element. <laughs> And, you know, when you first go there, of course, you're just like, wee, it's like fantastic. And then, yeah, at the same time, there's a commitment from everybody to um, be in vulnerability and authenticity so that we can also become aware of our shadows. And our shadows are places that we cannot see about ourselves. Hence, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to turn around. I can't see my shadow. Someone else can, though. And that's different from your darkness because, you know, besides this light, this like enlightening experience, there's also the darkness that's allowed to come out. The parts that little nitty gritty, the part that growls, the part that, you know, mm, you kind of can't help but look at, but you feel a little bit like naughty for doing so. That's all okay. That's all so welcome in that space. But most importantly, that we've gotten together knowing that with every high there is a low and in between there are the shadows. And these shadows are places where we can heal together in relation. Now, when I talk about Tantra, I'm talking about Neo-Tantra, not like, you know, these traditional lineages. It's places where I'm experiencing where people might have had that knowledge, but modernize it and make it um, applicable and usable in your everyday life. Hence why the world of conscious relationships and authentic relating come up and why sexuality of all the different kind of um, religions or spiritual practices and uh, lineages that I know of, it's one of the most embracing of your sexuality. It's not like, um, and your physicality and your embodied earthly experience rather than like, let's get out of here, which I was like, let's just get out of here. Let's go up. Let's, you know, ascend out of this plane and this experience. It's like, no, let's go into it. Let's go deeper into it because in there you will also find God, you will also find the universe, you will also find everything um, that you wish to seek um, up, upwards. So there I was like, whoa, here I get to tr truly have a unfinished conversation and dialogue and um, connection with my sexual self and body again. And from there, a lot of things that we experience sexually, like there's so much healing moments where I would truly just like, instead of like, you know, uh, tensing my body in, in when we speak to each other, you know, when you first meet someone, sometimes you're like, eh, and you like stop breathing and you're kind of like, you know, really trying to be one way that can also translate into the bedroom. But sometimes, for most people, when you're in the bedroom, you kind of let loose a little bit more because you, you should, I would think, feel pretty safe in that environment with the person that you're, um, you're dating or you're married to or you're just be being with, uh, sharing yourself with. And I was the same way because that was up until that point in my story. I was like, all right, you know, I'm just going to reserve this for my boyfriend, basically. And there I've had moments where I've laughed, I've cried, you know, I found parts around my yoni or my vagina, whatever, you know, this area of um, your, your genitals where I was like, whoa, there's actually some serious muscle tension there and finding points of release where 
you know, as soon as we pressed into it, just like, you know, you're massaging a knot in your shoulder, it was just like, oh, relief and just tears upon tears and flashbacks to all these moments that I just kind of held on to um, through relating that had become wounds that, of course, affect myself as well. So, yes, that's why sex is so important within those spaces whenever we press into them feelings of guilt shame disconnect um just would arise and i started to realize like whoa all those are kind of you know in the sacral chakra it's all just like let's just suppress that in there let's try to keep that volcano on dl because if we you know let it erupt or if we let it you know flow it's dangerous and of course it can be but it can also be a way to create new land that's what volcanoes do they create new land they create new life and it expands what we know so that's the first place i think in this conversation why we need to kind of get right to that source is sex because a lot of people also move into tantra and these things thinking like you know it's all about sex and not all about sex but it definitely can start from there as a place to grow and evolve from so if you are feeling like that part of your life is you know a little lost you can use tantra practice for just yourself it doesn't have to yet be with other people but it's a really great way to come back into your body as a vessel for um experiencing life of knowing yourself deeper and of taking and expanding your sense of love to more beautiful and um, higher and lower places so after like i say you know why sex is important i said you don't have to actually do this yourself there's lots of and for, with other people i mean there's lots of people who do it in celibacy you know these practices in celibacy and they just come and they want to relate And I think that's the most important thing. Even people who are celibate need to be in relation. And there's a really wonderful quote. I'm probably not quoting it properly from Osho who says, you know, it's more about getting meditation in the marketplace. It's about being able to take that state of mind and bring it out into um, the world where there is chaos around you and not just the beautiful sounds of harmonic nature. And I think this is very important to realize in your journey spiritually and looking at the, the globe at large is that we're really moving from me to we. So what that means is like mindfulness, uh, meditation, and yoga is a very like self-practice. Like, you know, you're doing it for yourself. You're doing it inside yourself. And it's to really just kind of be comfortable with this part of, of awareness. And it's great. You can, you know, put those things into practice and you feel good. You're like, oh, I'm so, so balanced and these things until... You move into relationships until you have to, you know, have conflict with someone at work or with a friend. And that state of being that you just kind of like, you know, as long as I stay to myself, I'm good, becomes wobbly. So this is like the natural progression of moving from me to we. And as a globe, you can see, and even in companies, they've adopted mindfulness, they've adopted meditation, they've adopted yoga. And that's fantastic. But soon we're going to need everybody to move into relational spaces of healing, of growing, of cooperation, of um, awakening. And so Tantra, I think, is that that, that growing state right now. Um, I remember four years ago, even when I, you know, hashtag was maybe at like 
the tens of thousands and then like the last few years it was like the hundreds of thousands and now I easily I think see like about a million so it is growing I see more and more people talking about it doing tantra yoga more and more people's you know feeling lonely in their life and their practice and not having those communal connections looking for those kind of intimate spaces to be themselves to be loved for just as they are um, with others not just their own sense of self-love so that's the other point that i think is important for you to realize like as you look into the world like that's what we're all moving towards and eventually in your journey you will be doing that as well and so this is that first question i want to leave you with though is you know looking at your own relationships because people are like oh you know my relationships are like this i need to you know find other people find other tribes and you know fair enough that's very common but also looking at the relationships you are in now and if you're not feeling that some of them are the way you want them to be the sort of intimacy and connectedness um, ask yourself what are you expecting but you're also not bringing to the table and then from there okay as you bring that to the table are people reciprocating that sort of um, values that's a good place to start about where your seat of intention is for going into these spaces because i don't think you need to be um, necessarily like spiritual and i'm putting this in quotation marks um, to be in a conscious relationship or be authentically relating um, to be you know active in your sexual power or to be exposed into tantra but it's important to to ask this because you're gonna at one point go how do i integrate all of this into my everyday life and well how you do that is by being able to be the values and be the kind of person that you wish to see in others uh, the qualities that you wish to see in others and so this is why that third point I wanted to bring up was a little converse, con, uh, con, controversial why I said it then I kind of left it hanging is why I think this should be free and I think this should be free is because I think everybody should know these things everybody should have some of these abilities and these skills this knowledge and these spaces to um, practice and it shouldn't have to always be a you know a price tag at learning how to communicate at learning how to um, actively listen at learning how to speak lovingly or these things however however we have to support the spaces that are teaching how to do this because we don't know as a general society we don't know how to do this and none of our public institutions are really that great at teaching us and showing us so while we move towards this we should be mindful that this is something that as human beings we should um, have this in our repertoire as part of our evolution as human beings and not just as um, something reserved for people who can afford it um, because at the end of the day why we don't know this is because we probably grew up in an environment like I shared where you had an experience where somebody else didn't know how to do it and so we have some traumas or wounds or assumptions um, implicit social expectations that we don't even question that have influenced to behave this way but as this grows and as we just share it with our family and our friends and with people that were kind of like 
oh, maybe that's not the right relationship. As we begin sharing that and showing that, um, exemplifying that, embodying that, and in turn teaching that, people will come around because we all desire to have these feelings of um, connectedness, acceptance, being seen, being heard, being safe, um, and being able to express our authentic self. So that's why I say I really believe these things should be free and that if you learn this, please put into practice with the people that you know and you love so that they have an opportunity to um, be exposed to this way of relational healing and evolution. So that's my first question to you, right? So why are your relationships that you're not feeling so good about? What are you expecting that you're not bringing to the table? Start from there. (laughs) And out of all this, I think the most, um, what it's leading to, not the most, but what this is leading to is, well, what is a conscious relationship and uh, what is authentic relating? Well, conscious relationship and authentic relating, I think has a certain glamour to it to be honest, a certain glamour to it. When you find, like, go look up that hashtag, you're going to see accounts of, you know, couples like, you know, walking through a beach, you know, like long walks on a beach and eye gazing, sitting across from each other, you know, looking like they're ultra intimate. And I'm sure those things are also true. And yes, that is definitely the the appeal of this is that you can be connected in that intimacy and that juiciness and that like, lover's vibe is very well and real at the same time like I shared before it's about your shadows too it's about your darkness it's about more than just the beauty um, and the bliss and the pleasure because in order to get to these places often you must start from the mud and the dirt and the sticky icky stuff So a conscious relationship is all of those things, being able to be conscious of the relationship and the relationship carries many things and many aspects in it. And the ability to navigate with this ship, this relationship, this conscious relationship requires very um, uh, different tools. And part of that is through authentically relating And how do we authentically relate? Well, we do that in several ways. We do that by knowing ourselves and these parts of ourselves and bringing that to the table to be shared, to be seen, to be heard, to be loved, to be healed. And we do that through skills of communication, you know, things like um, nonviolent communication, things like actively listening and then being able to actively share about what's happening in the moment, holding non-judgmental space instead of moving that into curiosity. Uh, that's something we do in the women sharing circles. You know, we make sure that we explain, hey, moving into judgment happens. We're conscious that we move into judgment that happens sometimes. Um, but what we can do to make this a conscious relationship between you and I is that I'm gonna turn that into curiosity. I'm gonna move into, hmm, what what can I uh, learn from here? Or what do I, why do I think that? So these are things that help us move into authentic relating. Um, you know, boundaries, being able to express boundaries. Um, so much of it comes, you know, about communication, whether that's verbally, you know, whether it's through eye contact, whether it's through physical touch, um, knowing our love languages. It's a wonderful book if you haven't seen that one so that we can meet on similar ground. And the idea is that when you're being real with each other and knowing how to do that with like loving space, 
then you can grow through together. Not just go through it, you know, grow through it together. And, you know, I think it's a commitment, you know, when you get into a ship with someone, you're committing to go on that ship for a journey together. And so that commitment is to go through that journey together um, while maintaining yourself, while being self-responsible for yourself as a passenger. And in that, you're going to have to have acceptance for yourself, for each other on this journey. And you're actually creating more freedom because the more that you can work together or grow together, the more free the ship can roam and go through different tides and go through different um, parts of the world and explore. And you will feel good and you will feel connected in that process. I think it's a really good example of when you go traveling with your friend for the first time or your boyfriend or your girlfriend for the first time, family members for the first time, you see a different side, you see more sides. And that's kind of like conscious relationships and authentic relating to me. And I think it's important to point out that it doesn't have to be in a romantic space. So that's probably the second question I would get you to reflect on is, are you expecting to only have conscious relationships and authentic relating with the opposite sex, with a romantic partner? Um, or are you willing to have this be a value and principle you express in all relationships with your girlfriends and your boyfriends, meaning like your, your platonic friends, um, with your dog, with your pets, with your family, and even with nature, because that's where it began for me. Um, having that connection with nature to accept all those sides about myself and in turn love um, nature in all its form as well. So yeah, look into that. Look into where you're seeking that relationship and ask yourself if you are anchoring it in the essence of what you want to feel rather than in a person that you want to feel it with. I know for myself, as I went on this journey, I was totally, uh, you know, I'm doing this for Julian. <laughs> well, I'm doing this so that I can be a stern way with Julian. That's kind of, you know, the initial awareness. But then as I started meeting other men, I was like, whoa, this ability to love more than just, you know, the few people I've been kind of like programmed to, to reserve my love for um, was starting to expand. And polyamory, we'll just touch on that quickly. Um, polyamory is such a popular really it is a popular thing in the tantra scene it's very like almost expected that you're in this um kind of relationship um format you could say and it's becoming again like this me to we like we're sharing love we're sharing partners we're just kind of more a sharing economy we're a sharing society we can see celebrities like willow smith moving into polyamory posting about it you know, people, you know, being able to love both men and women, being in relations with both men and women. So this idea of love is really expanding. And so polyamory, I like to leave that as like the essence of those words. Poly, meaning more, like many, and amory, like amor, like love. So like many love. How much love? How much more love can you give and, and share and receive with others in relation? Again, relation, not just to a romantic partner uh, but friends families pets plants your work your um, art music can you take that same you know intimacy that you wish to experience there and expand it bigger and bigger and further and deeper 
So now I can easily say, you know, I, I love my friends and I, I've moved towards sharing that intimacy with them that I was actually afraid of um, when I went back to uh, Vancouver and I was, you know, traveling around different Tantra experiences uh, across the globe. I was like, you know what, I can really experience this with strangers where I'm like, they don't know the past and all these things, these, you know, uh, the shadows of the dark or the history and it's so easy to open my heart and like connect in this way with them because I don't freaking know anything right but what about the people that do know the journey that I've been on can I bring that same vulnerability and the same openness and honesty and transparency with those people that actually mean kind of the most to me so I made that a challenge when I went back to Vancouver two trips ago and it was kind of like this you know make it or break it if I can't you know, relate to them this way, then of course we need to kind of like, you know, fade out our previous um, contract, you could say, of how we relate. Uh, and, and I need to be able to relate in this way. And I was just pleasantly surprised that most of them were just like, yeah, oh my God, I'm so happy that you're bringing this back and you're being so, you know, forthright with it because that's exactly what I wish to feel and, and know. And coming from Vancouver, we're very open. We're very like friendly. We'll talk to you and we'll share things, but we don't necessarily go into those spaces um, of vulnerability with each other so much. Like, you know, transient, you know, positive relationships is a, is a thing and intimacy isn't really a thing. And as we move towards, you know, more dating through, you know, um, transientness, it's going to become harder and harder to be authentically. Um, straight up with the things that you really want to feel and experience and desire um, with the people that you care about. So I really suggest, again, this is how you integrate it into your life, is that you take the things that you read, that you heard, the thing you're listening to now, and begin putting them into practice with the people that are closest to you or start with people in a community that you don't know, but everyone's committed to practicing that so you can get comfortable with being able to say things like, you know, um, I desire to be touched in a way where I feel safe or I don't feel comfortable um, opening my body right now. Can you still love me for that? I feel very vulnerable and I feel abandoned when you say this or, you know, I see you, even as simple as I see you. That's how it began for me. Just eye gazing would just make me ball my eyes out and being able to just say, like, I see you, you know, that was huge. So go, my advice is go to these spaces, practice, take it home, practice, and soon it just becomes second nature and you will be more than uh, amazed the powerful journey that you will go on with exploring your sexual energy and desires and passion and it's um, longing to be intimate and close and to merge with others and how that when coupled with conscious tools uh, useful conscious practical tools can really create the conscious relationships and the authentic relating that you really desire in your life so thank you for listening I really hope that you took away something from this and please share your experiences um, by writing to me. You can also ask questions. I might be able to answer them on future episodes. And if you really liked what you heard, please leave a review. Um, otherwise, you can also follow me on Instagram 
or Facebook at Live Deeply and stay up to date with my journey. And finally, if you would like to develop a deeper relationship with me as well, you can support me on Patreon in small and large ways. Um, the largest way is where you actually get to um, create a more intimate relationship with me in getting guidance and advice to, for every month. So if that speaks to you, please check it out. The link is in the details of this episode. And I just want to say thank you again. And I love you.